Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. Did you hear that? Yes. How's it sound? It sounds awesome. This is making the list. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you today. That feels so good. It does feel good. That's good a- way to kick off our... Uh, our 10-episode uh, 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 marathon right here. 10 episodes ain't happening. We got one hour. Bro, we Let's got go. one hour. There's no way. <laughs> Talk fast. Uh, so why do we just intro with uh, Roy Hargrove's Strasburg? Because we are Sun talking about today something that we've been talking about doing for a while and looking forward to. This is our seven greatest sounding albums of all time. Uh, yeah. And so this became a difficult, like we're talking about not just, I mean, the foundation has to be great music, of course, mm. but we're focusing in a little bit more on the audio aspect of it, the engineering, the presentation of it, the sound space, the uh, sound stage, as it were. Totally. Now I'm just now I'm just saying stuff. You are but, just saying stuff. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like how does the album? Because I think you could have a great, uh, great recording with some of the inc- most incredible music with just I kind of eh mediocre sound or even bad sound for sure and it can really just like a live performance can kind of ruin the gig uh but these are albums that are both great musical great musically in most cases if not all actually but also just incredibly sounding and often innovative in the way that the sound is presented agreed i'm gonna kick it off here i'm gonna kick it off with an album from 1977 which isn't Maybe in a time in jazz where you would think like, oh, great sounding stuff. Yeah. We got a couple of albums from the 70s on we here. There's nothing wrong with the 70s. Don't hate on the 70s. Every time I hear this album, this is an album from João Gilberto, mm-hmm. uh, the amazing Brazilian uh, singer-songwriter. I think it's jazzy enough to qualify for our list, but it just, every track is so lush and brilliant and mm. sounds like this. This is a state. Orchestral plays, and I love it. Pan, heavy pan. are so beautiful. I mean, as someone who has produced his own records for years. It's the sound that I dream that I could get. It's a good, it's a great reference point too. I mean, you know? there's some really cool specific things that are done uh, to bring it out. That was, you could definitely tell that on a musical and a sound level, that was a reference point. Well, actually, Shirley Horn recorded this song <laughs> yeah. on uh, Here's to Life. Another, that didn't make our list, but it could have. That actually That's has a, a very, I would put that in a similar vibe as this for yep. sure. But the dryness and the forwardness of that yep. brush on the snare drum and of course his voice, which is like a, you know jar of honey yeah and and there's a lot of it he's kind of sounds like sort of straight down the middle you got the woodwinds heavy on the right like a lot of pan separation but still a really warm sound that kind of pulls everything together and the whole record is absolutely beautiful so check Great that out amoroso we do have a spotify playlist ryan put that in the old uh, trello card there so uh, yes. the folks can see it in the description below yep. um amoroso now not 
any relation to the Amorosa that was in the White House until That's recently? That's Amorosa. This is Amoroso. Okay, big difference. Big, big difference. difference. Okay, Although so the cover that. looks like it could be her. <laughs> uh, so not. next we're going to go with an obscure record. Right. That has never been mentioned on the podcast before yeah. that you'll hear. This is Kind of Blue Yeah. by Miles Davis. <laughs> Who? I, you know, we wanted to leave it off, but we couldn't. Skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, you're really starting with the uh, I know, we're starting the slow. slumbering ones. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's got to be one of the most organic bass sounds. I mean, it's Paul Chambers, so yeah. you're you're starting on third, For sure. of course. Yeah. But but. <laughs> I've never heard his, I mean, on, well, actually some other recordings from around this time, but now these horns, that's heavy pan there that's too, spread. Yeah. but it's like, you know, they were right together and you can hear that and wow. Piano. I think we've got to play it on, on through until it hits the solo because that's when the sound comes alive. Yeah, and the drums, I mean, that's such a, it's weird because there's so much echo there, I mean, reverb, yet the drums are like totally in control, you know? Like very dry and organic sounding. Engineered by Fred Plout. I don't know if you knew that. I, oh yeah. 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 It so sounds so good we're just talking over it. Ah. That symbol. I mean that right symbol. Man, you could take a ba- a bubble bath in that symbol. That's just in that so sizzle symbol. Big and beautiful. Woo. Yeah. That's uh, of course. So what from Miles Davis' yeah. classic? Kind so of it blue. sounds great. So what? So what? I yeah, mean, it's, whatever. Here's another one from around that same era. This is a live album. Ooh, I love great sounding live records. My favorite part about this has always been the way the drums sound. The piano is actually just tight, the way yeah. it sounds. I mean, the playing is great. Yeah. But the way the drums sound on this makes this one of my favorite sounding records yeah. ever. I mean, that's, yeah. Ver, that's Vernel Fournier. That's the way he's tuning yes, that, too. New Orleans finest. But for a live album, this, to me, sounds so, so good. Yeah, it's, a, it's super well-miked and captured. Like, very present, but but you're right. The piano sound is just all right. It's a, I think it's probably just an all right piano. Exactly. That's what it is. Great pianist, yeah. I piano. Totally. <laughs> Still works out good. So that's Live at the Pershing, but not for me, yep. Majumal Trio. I mean, if you don't know that, you don't know. Live at the Alhambra's got a good good sound too. Are you familiar with that one? I am. Yeah, that was uh, interchangeable here. Ahmed's. uh, You call him Ahmad or Ahmed? Ahmad. Mm. Because I've heard him refer to himself, I believe, as uh, Ahmed. Ahmed. Yeah, so I started doing that, but I do go back to Ahmad sometimes. Ahmed. No. Hey, if Ahmed says Ahmad, Adam (laughs) says Ahmad. Uh, So now we're going to skip ahead a couple of decades. Yes. So this is like 1985-ish. Also a record that's never been on the show. (laughs) I know. Well, you know what it is? This was a great reminder, I think, to us that uh, we don't talk enough about... uh, Given it up for the engineers and the producers. We're talking about the music because, you know, we're getting, you know, this is daily jazz advice. But when we do talk about our favorite recordings, I think that the sound is, is not only so integral 
uh, to the project, but so much to our enjoyment. Even as musicians, a lot of people think, "Oh, we're not as affected by that." I mean, I'm affected by even even more. Of course, even if the performance is great, like if the piano's whack or the sound isn't good, I'm moving on to something else because there's too many good sounding, great sounding records. For sure. For sure. Um, so this is Black Codes from the Underground, Went Marsalis, 1985. Sounds like a big room. Yeah. Kenny Kirkland. Ooh. A lot of reverb on everything. So this is definitely typified of like that particular time period. Yeah. But I love it, you know. Well, you could just see these guys in their 80s gear like on a big <laughs> stage somewhere, like right. at a festival, right? Exactly. And that's, exactly. that's the sound they, they went for. And it like really captured that band at that time. That's great. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of like kind of that new digital reverb that everybody was excited about. So there is a certain you know, you could say artificialness to how it sounds. Like it's the opposite of like a live dry recording at the Vanguard yeah, or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just really good in the way that the drums, I mean Jeff Tane Watts, it's like it's just massive. It's like a it's like a percussion section, the way that it's presented and uh great recording. Uh, uh next. Tim Geelan is the engineer on that. See on mine I, I actually give it up for the engineer. That's cool. We all have our own style. Damn Big man. Guy. Wow. <laughs> uh what do we have next? This is yours. We're going straight back to the seventies. Yeah. How you like your production? You like it? You like it overproduced? Because I got you. Oh man, just analog synth for days. Tight, tight drum. There's a couple pillows in that bass drum shoved in there. If only they would start grooving. Come on. Let's go. Let's get the party started. What? Oh, what? Okay, I think this is the hardest pan I've ever heard. Like yeah. on that cloud side, you hear that? You've yeah. got headphones on. Yeah, guitar here. on the other one. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's there. Yeah, the way these drums and bass were recorded, I just... And the horns are so lush, like you don't expect it when they come I in. Know. Man. It's yeah. so good. Like that guitar, that's Wobble Watson on the guitar, by the oh, way. Man. When he comes in with that, that just kills me. Every I got time. a chance one time to play with Wawa Watson. It was very exciting. Very exciting. I'll bet. Did he yeah. have his Wawa pedal? For Wawa, that is. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was but a blip in his musical career. Yeah, he did, as a matter of fact. Uh, next, we're going to we're going back to Miles Davis. I mean, mm. there's like a, a, probably a dozen Miles Davis albums that could have made yeah. this list from from every era because he always had you know the best engineers, the best producers working on his. It stuff. was important to him too. Like he really understood the importance of For it. For sure. Yeah. If it's important to Miles' kids, it should be important to you. That's in, right. In general. Well, uh, well, something. As far as music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is from Porgy and Bess. Um, I think this album is one of the best sounding oh, big good. recordings I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. Ooh, intimate though. That's the magic Ooh, of it. Wow. It's a large ensemble that yeah. sounds in your living room. And I think they all record this all in one room. That's some of the footage I've seen of it. Gil Evans, right? Eleven, yeah. Oh. The balance, you know. And you know, speaking of the balance or whatever, so a lot of these acoustic jazz albums that we've been listening to, 
you know, the engineer plays a crucial role in the room and everything, but a lot of the, the sound of these albums is done in the actual, like, orchestration and how it's played. Yes. You know, like, the balance that Gil Evans arranges this, this right. version of Summertime plays a huge role in how it sounds. Right. But then it still, it still needs to be captured in a way. And there's some choices. Like, for instance, if you were hearing that live or even sitting in that beautiful studio, I think that was at the same kind of blue, the old church, CBS, I mean, Columbia Studios. I think so. That was torn down. That, you know, with that Harmon on, it would be so different than this. It would be so subdued, yeah. you know, but he's got it so out front. So there, in a way, it's a little bit artificial. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you were in a concert hall, it wouldn't sound it like wouldn't that. It wouldn't sound like yeah. that. Although it would be mics, and it kind of, it possibly would. Yeah. But it's almost like just taking advantage of technology and how you can present the music in just an amazing way. It's awesome. Now, for this one, can we, I don't know if you already have the same track. Uh, can I make a request on this one? Yeah, of course. We could even vamp. I think it's, I'm, I'm not so sure. I got you, buddy. Yeah, okay. This is... It's a great piano song. Mm. It's a tight, great piano tight, sound. close hi-hat, yeah. Now, this is a wide piano. I know I've been saying, but this is super wide. And the horns are a little bit like the Black Coats, kind of 80s reverb kind of totally. vibe a little bit. What I'm surprised works on this, the piano's not heavy reverb. The horns are, yeah. but it still has a blend. Like, the drums kind of pulls it together. The drums are somewhere in the middle, maybe? Yeah. It's a great tune, too. Yeah. That's uh, Roy Hargrove, Ear Food. Uh, we started off our podcast with that. Uh, I have a bonus one, but before we get to the bonus, yeah. uh, who are we sponsored by today? Well, before we even get to who we're sponsored by today, look, we can, I can put a hat inside of a hat and then, and then put a bonnet <laughs> inside of that. What do you know about that? You had a skull um, cap inside of a top hat. <laughs> there was, uh, that was Al Schmidt, by the way. Great engineer. Who's, he's engineered some great records, pop records, jazz yeah. records. You are so serious about your engineering. Hey, man, got to give, give it up. Want to work with that cat. Um, so, yes, we are sponsored by Open Studio. Please go to Open Studio Jazz and check out our offerings. Also, consider going to you'll hear it dot com slash podcast and check in on what do you know about you'll hear it premium oh i'm a member oh which is weird because i'm part of the podcast like why do i have to pay you signed yourself up oh you're paying yeah well i had to buy the the mug and stuff so yeah Yeah, but we got swag and it's just a kind of fun way to be a little bit more uh included where i'm actually about to drop uh, a a special little surprise in there you don't you don't even know about it yeah just for for premium members i'm so glad i'm paying it's a little it's a little bonus um and also, yeah, openstudiojazz.com, you can hear about our award-winning courses and uh, all that kind of stuff. And can we read one um, before we go to the bonus? Maybe I, I wish you would. I wish you I, would. I want to read a, because we haven't been talking about the ratings and reviews, but we've been getting them. They've been happening. We're on a new chart system. I feel like we've been talking about how we haven't been talking about it. <laughs> no, no, we actually skipped over. We, we're getting some good ones. I'm kind of vamping because I'm trying to remember where they are exactly. Okay, here we go. This, this one kind of was nice. Uh, caught my eye. It's from Mackenzie. You know what? We're going to start a new thing. Anybody who leaves a rating or a review, we promise to say your name oh. and read it on air. I'm going to do it Can right we now. commit to doing that? Yeah. No, do I don't it. want you to leave a rating or review. Don't do that. Is that what you mean? Yeah. No, no. This is for the listeners. Okay. Anyway, so this is, we're going to go, we're going to go back in time. So, but anybody from now forward, we're going to do that. So this is from Mackenzie uh, in Pittsburgh, the USA. Uh, five stars. As an emerging jazz writer, you'll hear it as one of the most important tools in my arsenal. Many people who write about the music today know very little technically, 
And I started listening to the podcast in order to be more respectfully write about and discuss this art form. My analysis, my analyses mm-hmm. and interviews He's have a improved. Writer, right. Exactly, have improved greatly since discovering you'll hear it. Many of my friends are working jazz musicians. And we spent long hours in the car listening and discussing our favorite episodes. Thanks so much, guys. Seven stars manually entered. So that that's a cool one. Thank you, Mackenzie. Nice. And uh, we appreciate the support and the love. And because of this kind of thing, we've been really climbing up our new chart. We're up into the 20s on music commentary. Did you know that? We're music commentators. That, and we're in the 20s? Yeah, for Apple Podcasts in the U.S. And in Switzerland, we're like number four, number two or something. I'm going to call my mom. We're, we're this really, is amazing. Does your mom live in Switzerland? <laughs> no. Oh, I'd okay. just be so proud. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for all the love. The, it, it's spreading like, wild fl- like wildfire. Um, <laughs> like wildflower. <laughs> it's, it's spreading like wildflower. That's way better than it is. wildfire. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's spreading like a horrible fungus. It's spreading like wildflowers. It's spreading so like lovely. a like a, like a disease all right so we're gonna do our bonus here you know you casually just tossed around uh you know a dry sound like live at the village vanguard and i realized we didn't have a single live at the village vanguard album on our list here so i put on a classic one this is the bill evans trio i like it me likey bill evans trio live at the village vanguard this is gloria's step and uh until tomorrow you'll hear it (laughs) 